this program needs your support right now, please visit the fundraising page at bestoftheleft.com for details. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from The Majority Report, Citizen Radio, This Week in Blackness, Radio Dispatch, Activism from Best of the Left, and On the Media. And a warning that today's topic will likely be disturbing to many listeners and should be disturbing to all listeners. There was the I am about the pickup artist community uh, and the kind of cultural of misogyny around this uh, murder spree in Santa Barbara. Uh, so, look, I, I think Sam uh, yesterday, I just want to point back to I think his point was not in any way to disagree because, look, there's misogyny here, this profound misogyny, which I'm going to address. There's racism. A lot of racism in this kid's uh, statements. And also, clearly, I mean, look, anytime somebody does, obviously, a lot of variables are coming together. But clearly, you know, and, and it, sh- it should almost go without saying, but obviously there's serious mental health issues here that are very unique uh, to this person. In the sense that there are endless numbers of people who write vile things online and may even engage in real-world violence and participate in despicable cultures, they're not going to do this. So obviously, it's kind of over-determined in a certain sense. And in one area, we can say that's an indisputable public policy uh, response to this is gun control and getting serious about the public health crisis of guns and continuing to stop kowtowing to moron sociopaths in the domestic arms industry uh, you know, while the body count keeps rising. And of course, you know, if you look at the stats over the weekend, I mean, there's this particularly horrifying case. How many other gun deaths happened in America? How many other lives were lost because we cannot have a responsible ethical gun policy? So that's undoubtedly a major issue. Now, look, by that same token, I think the attitude of misogyny that surrounds this kid and surrounds the internet forums he was on. Now, I don't really know very much at all about uh, the pickup artist community. I knew that there was a book that was popular a couple years ago called The Game, uh, that supposedly, which I, I never read, supposedly was... <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like, I just have to say parenthetically, like, maybe this is me being an asshole, but I just, like, dude, if you're reading a book called The Game... You cannot be in good shape dating wise. I feel like that's like a self identifier. No, but there's there's guys out there who think that the problem isn't with them. It's that they don't know how to speak to women in the ways they want to be spoken to. So they think, oh, I'm not the problem. I'm just not playing quote unquote the game right. Well, let me let me just give you before I get to the seriousness of this. Let me let me let me give you a little. All the well, I doubt men out there who are listening to this or watching this are so enamored in this stuff. But let me let me give you a little pickup artist lesson. Okay? Step number one, get off of the fucking internet and interact with somebody. Okay? Don't these forums online that I have been exposed to in reading about this kid in the past couple of days are basically men sitting on the internet doing absolutely nothing with their lives other than writing grotesque and juvenile things about women that reflect not only profound misogyny, they reflect just like literally a sustained lack of contact with half of the human species, sexually or otherwise. 
And then they complain that, quote, beautiful women are overlooking nice men like them. Dude, you're not nice. You're on a fucking internet forum bitching about someone not having sex with you. Why are you entitled to have sex with these women? What, 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 why is that? Is that, is that like part of the ACA? Maybe you would support the ACA if it was part of it. So my general broad advice is grow up, turn off your computer, take a shower, take a run. And if you have serious social anxieties, that's a real thing. Deal with it with real people who can really help you. You're not going to get a magic formula from some idiot online who's going to teach you like the five minute rapid eye movement that will get you laid in three minutes. And if you believe that that technique will get you laid in three minutes, you won't get laid in three years or 30 years or however long. So that's my pickup artist digression. But back to this kid specifically, Elliot Roger. So if we accept the premise that, of course, this is an overdetermined, this particular event is overdetermined, okay? And yes, the prime public policy consequence, the first thing that could be done in response to this, just like that father's just absolutely gut-wrenching, heartbreaking public statements, is gun control. It's the gun catastrophe, the gun crisis in America. But uh, as, as Michelle Dean pointed out in Gawker, why is it so hard for people to get that Elliot Roger hated women? Okay, like, yes, this is a mentally ill person. Yes, this is someone with racism. This is someone who should never have had access to a gun. This is someone who's spoiled and entitled and violent and cruel and probably has any number of other diagnoses. But the core organizing principle of his resentment and hatred of the world was his perception that he was entitled to sex and access to certain women who he was not getting that access to. And I got to tell you, if you work it backwards from these forums and from the culture surrounding this kid, that's a totally prevalent belief. The notion that the very existence of your manhood or being a gentleman or whatever other fantasy you spun for yourself automatically gives you access to a sexual experience and to dominion over somebody else's body is a very broadly held belief. And it's a broadly held toxic, sociopathic, and misogynistic belief. Now, this kid, again, all the myriad other factors. But you cannot separate the logic of that entitlement, the logic of that vision of control, the logic of that resentment, and the logic of thinking of women as targets. And that's the terminology that's used. Target's target. Psychologically, it's not profoundly different to think of somebody as a, a target for you to impose your sex on. It's not a radical step in any way. It's a direct step for that to be linked with violence. And there's all sorts of violence that is short of this, but rape in response to rejection, 
Yes, street harassment in response to direct uh, to 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 rejection. And every time these idiots like Patrick Howley say that the liberal and the progressive agenda is to just get away, get rid of flirtation and fun and sexual excitement and banter. In a comic sense, it reflects this delu- this silly madman view of the world because it's like I-, I I would guess that not many women enjoy Patrick Howley's banter. But the point couldn't be further from the truth. The point is actually that unless you eliminate and address this undercurrent of entitlement, resentment, misogyny, and violence, then this game, this, these interactions, which should be fun and engaging, surprising, what, challenging, whatever, are always going to hold such an undercurrent of threat and menace that it's never going to be clean and it's always going to be fundamentally dangerous to women and not good for men either, men who have any consciousness and any awareness. It's a completely toxic dynamic and in order to understand what happened, yes, gun control, yes, mental illness issues, yes, racism, but misogyny is the thread that runs through the sociopathy and the evil of this kid's worldview and what sparked that action. It's undeniable. Misogyny, misogyny, the girls that stand the chance. These medieval attitudes will have to change at once. Misogynist, misogynist, give the girls a chance. With chivalry and equal rights and let the ladies dance. And let the ladies dance. What are we to make of the story in that case, right? You have a young man who acquired the guns legally, so you can't say, man, we really need to to tighten up those gun laws. Um, You can make the argument that we should change the gun laws so that a young man who's seeing multiple therapists can't buy guns. Multiple therapists and is like posting evidence on uh, fucking men's rights forums that uh, he's, uh, he's got a bit of a streak. Yeah. But what I'm concerned about is, so he got the guns legally, he was seeing multiple therapists, and it seems as though we're still not going to talk about the fact that at the root of this is his hatred towards women. Yes. Which is not a rare hatred. Not at all. Everything he said in that YouTube video, and I should give a heads up warning to people who haven't seen it yet, it's super disturbing. Yeah. Um, but everything he said in that video is nothing I haven't been tweeted or read in comment threads. Right. Very, very common stuff he was saying. He was blaming women. He was slut-shaming. He was, um, you know, whining that nobody wants to fuck him. I mean, you can read that on any men's right activist board anywhere. I've seen people in the wake of the murder still being like, well, like, everybody has needs. Like, literally saying horrible things like that. Right, like, how do you type that that. and not be like, I'm a horrible person? Man, why weren't those women lining up to to have sex with this uh, crazy serial murderer who hated them deep down? Yeah, so this is a good point. So, in the wake of the Roger massacre, um, MRAs immediately rushed to be like, you know, the traditional, not all men, not all men who hate women run out and shoot a bunch of them. In, ad- in addition to some men as well. Um, like some men just like, uh, just like think about it and, uh, and I, I really wish you'd stop asking me these questions. <laughs> yeah, but the whole point is it's like, okay, true enough. Not all men do that, right? 
But some men do. And it is a common theme that, you know, they dehumanize women in this fashion. And it starts as rhetoric, right? So, and there's a lot of overlap between, um, you know, male supremacy and white supremacy. So, for example, another aspect of the story that's not being talked about is uh, Rogers was also super fucking racist. Why not? Um, so the Southern Poverty Law Center Even has... Even more women weren't lined up. I know. It's Whoa. going for him. You hate me and are racist, but you know how to make YouTube videos. Well, that's a turn off. And you have a sweet car. That's I cr- see the car. I see the car. Because you taped it inside the car. Nice. Just to be like, ladies, you're missing out on this fucking insecure sociopathic uh, car driving. <laughs> car driving. Car driving. Car uh, driving. I, I own a car. Uh, do, do, do not have a license. Um, so he posted the following on um, a... Oh, this is an interesting aspect of the story. So he was involved in the Pua hate community? Yeah. So we have like... Uh, there's so much. There's so much that it's hard. We should definitely like explore... What were you saying? I had something that I really wanted to say. What were you saying right before the race thing? Um, Not all men. Yes. So I just want to make a quick point on that. If you are not a murderer, bravo, bravo, right? Good on you for not having murdered women or saying you're going to murder women. Hold on. Should we slow clap? That's for you, guy who didn't kill a bunch of women. Good on you. But if your first thought in the wake of a mass shooting is to go on the internet and yell at feminists because you feel like you are being accused of murder even though no one accused you of murder, you're still fucked up. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be a murderer to be fucked up. If instead of, like, mourning the deaths or listening to the women who say, hey, I've gotten comments like this. Hey, I'm in fear of my life. Hey, men, do you know what it's like? My friend Susan posted this on this uh, uh, on the Yes All Women hashtag. Like, do you know what it's like to fucking, when you're trying to figure out what college to go to, to look at rape statistics first? Yeah. Like, do you know how prevalent it is? And actually, a lot of the story is told in the, the Yes All Women hashtag, which I highly recommend you guys check out. Um, we were trying to hijack it, but it's yeah, yeah, predominantly yeah. amazing. Um were stories of women who were abused by men in front of other men who said nothing. Yes. And that's really the most dangerous aspect of this story. It's men who, in the wake of a massacre like this one, go on the internet and be like, yeah, but didn't he have a point? Kind of. Like, all right, a bunch of people are dead, but nobody fucked them. Yeah. Why didn't anybody fuck them? Like, people were... That's sad. Dudes were literally commenting. They're like, ladies, you could have stopped this if one of you had just pity fucked this asshole. Who amongst us wouldn't pity fuck a murderer? (laughs) Which is bullshit. That's called victim blaming. It's called victim blaming. And you made up a victim. There's not even a victim there, and you're like, let's just insert some lady there who didn't (laughs) fuck him. And it's like, hey... Did any of you think that the reason uh, he wasn't getting laid is because this is the kind of guy who puts out fucking hate screeds while thinking he's like the most gentlemanly? Ge- like that? Can you imagine how the- this guy bantered? Yes. Like how fucking creepy he must yeah, have been. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, that seemed like we were gonna go into a bit, but I didn't want to play the no, guy. No, I don't want to play me. <laughs> you. One of the, all right. Let's just play uh, a really nice couple on a nice date. Okay. Then. Uh, hey, so what are your interests? Oh, thank you so much for uh, asking me, and I'm sure listening to my response. Yeah, no, I am listening. Well. Um, well, I I enjoy painting. Oh my god, stop it! I I I, uh, I went to school for I'm an art major. You're a very interesting person. Oh my god, you're an interesting. And person. We have a lot in common. Do you want to like um 
I don't know. I, I, I don't want to seem like too forward because like this is like this is very new. But like I don't know. Maybe we can like see each other again. Like I could show you. I'd love to see, see some of your art. Oh my god! So thank you for act, asking for my permission, and then also uh, suggesting something I would be interested in. Yeah, I don't like that robot voice of yours, so I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty easy stuff, right? Here, here, here's a date that. I'm so glad neither of us have to play this guy. This is a much better idea. Yeah. I'm so glad. Look, is it as funny? No, no. but shut up. <laughs> uh, let's do a date that doesn't work out. Um, okay. Uh, so what are your interests? Uh, I'm not really into this. Oh, well, there you go. Wait, I'm sorry. Your interest is not being interested in I this date? I don't like that really generic question you just asked me. I think you're kind of boring. No, I have some. I, I have some I, what, do you, what do you do for a living? But, oh, I'm so stupid. Yeah, but I wish you well. And uh, I hope you have fruitful endeavors. I'm not going to hunt and you. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, respecting my autonomy and my decision to leave this situation. Sure. And then uh, we cut to him at home planning his revenge. <laughs> Um, uh, and then here, 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 here is my revenge. Ah, uh, yeah, no, my date didn't work out, man. I, uh, no, it's all right. I'm going to go on another one next week with a, a girl. She seems different than this first one, but it'll happen. See? That's how you bounce back. Yeah. No need to go on a killing rampage. Yeah. Just, Chin up, young man. To be fair, I didn't have a sweet car, though. That's true. If you had a sweet car, it'd be, it'd be like, well, I have this sweet car. Why not go on a rampage? Why not go on a rampage? Yeah. Uh, cars are made for rampaging. True. That's what we say on Citizen Radio. So, yes. So I really wanted to, like, you're not a good person just because you didn't murder a lady. Right. Like, if you are still defending, if you are finding, if you are playing the liberal devil's advocate, which is the worst kind of human in the world, you're you're not, the, the fact that instead of taking this time to listen to women who are opening up in the wake of a really scary tragedy, like, that is, like, super bold of them to use this time to just be frightened. I mean, I saw a lot of women, rightfully so, just being like, I'm fucking tired of yeah, this Yeah, and shit. also, it's, it's an opportunity to learn, right? Because uh, Margaret Atwood, I think, has that great qu- quote where she's like, men are afraid women will laugh at them, women are afraid men will kill them. Right. And it's like, that's the reality for women. Yeah. Like, this is not an anomaly. There's always a rush to say, yeah, but how often does this happen? How often do men kill women? All the fucking time. Men yeah. are the most dangerous thing women face on a daily basis. Right. Louis C.K. has that great new bit about Yeah, that. yeah. But um, statistically, that's true. More than heart disease, more than cancer, more than war. It's like men. Men yeah. are the number one danger for women. This is the hilarious aspect of this story. So there is the Pula community who are pieces of shit, right? They're the ones who read the game and they're like, oh, this is actually one of the strategies. If you're approaching a woman as she's walking down the sidewalk, stand directly in front of her so she can't get away. Oh, so uh, terrifying them and... Uh, Robbing her of her permission to leave the situation if she wants. So that's not necessarily... To me, that's not dating advice as much as like trap a girl in a cage. But, but uh, that's the pickup artist community. It's you have failed as a decent human being, so here's how you can trap her. Yeah. Um, I feel like this... But then there's this whole community of men who tried the pickup artist stuff and it didn't work for them, so now they hate the pickup artist. Nice. So it's like an extra step of sadness, uh, if that's even possible. Yeah. So... Roger was a member of the Pua hate community, and he would post stuff on the message boards there, including his racist tirades. Ah. So right now it's being reported that Roger uh, was part Asian, and apparently he harbored a lot of deep insecurity because a lot of his um, rants were against Asian men because ah, okay. he considered himself above them because he was also white. So very weird, but that's an aspect of the story. But here's one of the things he posted. So this message was entitled, Saw a Black Guy Sitting with Four White Girls. 
And he wrote the following. Today I drove through the area near my college and saw some things that were extremely rage-inducing. I passed by this restaurant and I saw this black guy chilling with four hot white chicks. He didn't even look good. Then later on in the day I was shopping at Trader Joe's and saw an Indian guy with two above-average white girls. And then three exclamation points. What rage-inducing sights did you guys see today? Wow. Don't you just hate seeing these things when you go out? It just makes you want to quit life. Interracial dating? Uh, or just men getting uh, women when he can't and men that he considers inferior because, again, he was White racist privilege. in addition yeah. to being misogynistic. Um, but it's interesting that there is overlap, right? And that's the whole aspect of this story that I just know we're not going to explore where it's like, okay, maybe he did have Asperger's, but not everyone with Asperger's goes on killing rampages. What was at the core of him that made him so angry that he went on a killing rampage? Well, he was fucking racist and he hated women. Yeah. And that is a sickness in our culture that is systemic. So, as all of this is happening, a hashtag breaks out, um, and it was a uh, yes all women, where uh, women actually, because because uh, uh, dudes were of course uh, as people are talking about misogyny, so not all men, not all men did, but that's not all men. You can't say that about men because not all men. Shut the fuck up. Oh yeah, and they were. I also had people in my in my Twitter stream saying, yeah, but he also killed three men, so I guess he hated men too. Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. Did he write a 141 page manifesto about how much he hated men because men were destroying society because men wouldn't sleep with them? Now, he hated men to the extent that That they were getting women over him. Exactly. Then he hated the women for choosing those. Right, <laughs> that's, right. That's what he hated. But it was all based on his hatred of women. Are you shit? I don't. This is bug. I don't. Under, and so, yes, all women uh, started, and basically it was like uh, a, a response to the not all men. But it was like, yes, all women deal with just a shit ton of stuff. Just like it's just not, like, and people like participated in this from like like all of the uh, the quote unquote hashtag activists up and up to uh, like Terry Washington and Shonda Rhimes were tweeting on 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 the hashtag and reading it and talking about it. And and folks decided to attack women in general for discussing this because they're politicizing the tragedy. Right. Because they were talking about misogyny in this misogyny murder, but that's not right. And so then, uh, of course, they had to uh, go in on um, on folks who were talking about this talk stuff. Just very briefly about the girl element in all of this, the yes, all women. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandra, what's your, your thought on that? I think that, that that's a distraction from what happened. I think that's an... That's a distraction? Pointing out that that that, that women like oh, yes all women deal with this 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 amazing uh, insane amount of misogyny and harassment and that the thing that led to this dude doing this and killing people is something that women are dealing with on a regular basis. That's a distraction. Mm. Feminist man. Yeah, it's feminist. They, they feminist. Keep 
Yeah. They hate men. They got hairy legs, and they're just trying to, you know, trying to. They're trying to just emasculate men. Absolutely, I think that's a rationalization for somebody to commit such crimes. And by the way, it didn't just this. That was not the cause. He said, dating back to the age of six years old, mm-hmm. trying to get on an amusement park ride, he wasn't tall enough, and he felt he wanted revenge against those boys who were able to get up. They were tall enough to get on that ride. I think we're dealing with a very sick-minded individual. Well, and here. can I just add real quickly that there were four men killed here Absolutely. and two women. That's right. And the issue, you know, is not about women. And I think that it's. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know what to do. Whoa. The issue is that he wrote a 141-page manifesto talking about how much he hated women. But women are not the issue. I think people are really ignoring the incredible multimedia event that was his hatred of women before he actually killed those people. A lot of people are arguing as if he didn't do that or if he wrote five pages or if he just has some Facebook statuses. No, he wrote a book and then he had a YouTube series. Right. Yeah. Multimedia event. Yeah. Yeah, I just, and the best part of it, so I noticed they got women to say this uh, on it, so they're like, well, let's see, women are saying that it's not about women, so they're right, right? No, you're not right. What the fuck is wrong with you? No. No, how do you do, how do you make this argument? Did you guys not watch the video? <laughs> right before he did this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if you're gonna go on TV, like, like I said, I, I don't think everyone ever needs to watch this damn video. But if you're gonna go on TV and fucking discuss it, yeah, perhaps, perhaps you watch the fucking video before you go on TV and discuss what's happening here, because there's not, there's not a discussion here. Do not fucking discuss. There's no gray. There's zero gray. You can't force gray into this shit. <laughs> It is direct. It is clear. And the problem is, we have to, like, it's the same problem with fucking racism. And when, when, when we were talking about the gray racism and all this stuff, it's the same fucking problem. Because once you, if you actually deal with the bigger issue, then all of a sudden, a lot more people are guilty. And they can't fucking deal with that. Because mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you're like, what, have I played a role in that? Did I not say something when I should have said something here? Was I compl- uh, complicit in that over there? All of a sudden, a lot of more, a lot more people have to do that. And by the way, for some Women, they would have the issue because then they would have to then look at the men in their lives and yeah. say, that dude was a part of this. That dude did this. That guy over there did that. Uh, and hell, maybe they have to deal with some trauma in their own personal lives if they acknowledge the bigger fucking picture of all of this. And so it's better to argue that it doesn't exist and it has nothing to do with anything and watch people fucking die than say, we have a problem. So, hashtag yes, all women? Yeah, so hashtag yes, all women is uh, it, it kind of 
started as a response to the story. People, because and of course, yes, all women is a is a response itself to the uh, not all men thing. The not all men thing being the thing where people are trying to talk about misogyny or how you know about male violence or men have done this or you know whatever it might be, and then some asshole uh, butts his head into the conversation and says, not all men. Not all men. Which literally happened to me the other day when I was joking about not all men. I said something about, oh, it was about how men talk about faux outrage on the internet. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> not all <laughs> like, men. Yeah. It's like men who, uh, who hate women, uh, uh, their favorite words are faux outrage and clickbait. Because anytime anything that's written on the internet that they don't like, they just say, oh, well, there's faux outrage, faux outrage, faux click, click, click. And, uh, and I was joking about this, and somebody jumped in to say, well, you think all men are the same? And I responded, not all men, and then had a big smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but not all men is like, you know, it's the thing that, that men say to shut, to, si- to, to silence and shut down conversations about misogyny because how dare you talk about men that way because I'm not that way. And as we were joking, if you're the guy who says not all men, you probably are that man. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so then yes, all women is a sort of play on that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yes, all women, um, yeah, meaning, well, if you are a woman, you have, almost certainly had an experience with violent misogyny. Um, and, and again, to say that this instance of violent misogyny that is, you know, this particular instance of violent misogyny is not exceptional. This is one manifestation of the violent misogyny that women experience daily. That, yes, all women experience daily. Exactly. Daily. Exactly. Or at least, yes, all women experience, if not actually deal right have experienced experience. yeah um and it's it was like i don't even know how many tweets now it's it appears to still be trending what i was looking at it, it was a saturday or sunday and there was already like over three hundred thousand uh tweets and it was really 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 powerful and you know i'm sure that there's especially in media coverage of it i'm sure that there is there are critiques critiques to be made about probably the media is covering certain women in the yes all women hashtag and not other women um because th- that's just whites <laughs> specifically yes uh that's how the horrible media works which isn't to say that it's not bullshit but it's, a- it's also to say that they did the exact same thing with my nypd but the-, the hashtag itself i think was for me reading it i was like this is amazing and you know i know we also people have very complicated feelings about hashtag activism or whatever but i mean reading yes all women the night that it was kind of first trending, I was like, it, it was amazing because every woman I know uh, has had an experience or many experiences with violent misogyny, with silencing, with gaslighting, with male entitlement, with uh, people treating you as if you're not a human being, people, men acting as if they, uh, as if you owe them something, men. The whole nice guy thing. Yeah, the nice guy thing, men becoming violent if you reject them. Friend zoning. Friend zoning. Let us not forget about friend zoning. And so it was very, very, very powerful to read all this. And of course, my first reaction is, was, was, you know, I actually was like, I want to contribute to this. And then I immediately was like, you know, I don't feel like dealing with a bunch of pigs tonight, you know? So it's like, even if, even at this space <laughs> that is supposed to be like, 
here is where women can talk about like the misogyny that they face. Even in doing so, you are opening yourself up. I mean, and I say that not in a blaming way, but in like you, you just even in in in, in, my, in my thinking about do I want to contribute to this hashtag about misogyny that people have experienced? If I do so. Tons of idiots, uh, misogynist, you know, pigs will come into my life and I'll have to talk to them or not talk to them. I'll have to see them and I don't want to see them. So it's like even speaking out about misogyny invites more misogyny, obviously. Uh, this is, and this is why, you know, this is why, again, women who have been complaining about these misogynist places on the internet for years because they've been, these guys have been coming after women who say stuff, who talk about misogyny on the internet. They've been saying these guys are violent, and everyone's like, "Settle down, sweetheart." Shut up. <laughs> uh, and so I think you know, I think that the I, the idea behind Yes All Women and and having, I mean, it was it, as I was watching it, I was like, I wonder what amount of people contributing to this were you know identify as feminists um, explicitly, mm-hmm. were are kind of people who are already uh, have a kind of feminist consciousness, and I, I mean. You know, my kind of hope was that people, you know, young women who maybe don't, or women of any age who don't identify as feminists might look at it and be like, oh, shit. Or even men, you know, anybody who does not yet identify as a feminist, but but who could who could look at it. And, and I mean, it was impossible to look at SL Women, how many people were tweeting about these experiences they had and not not see, not realize, oh, shit, this happens to a lot of women. This type of misogyny, this type of violence, uh, this type of silencing, it's not exceptional. It is extraordinarily, staggeringly common. I see these beautiful women and I want to talk to them and they got nothing. I might as well be on a desert island. But if I go, oh, yeah, then they look. I have to go up to San Bruno Avenue to grab the bus. If you're by yourself and you're just standing here waiting for the light to turn, it can just be very awkward. Sometimes they'll just drive by and honk and that's not as bad as when you're stuck here and there's a car right there. In front and, of you, like and right they, now. Like, got their head out the window, being like, "Yeah, what's up, baby? Yeah, oh, what you're here that? by yourself and you're waiting. Um, it just feels like you're stuck there for a really long time, and it's uncomfortable to have this strange guy just intensely looking at you when he should be watching the road. Harassment of any kind is always about power. This is a culture that also denigrates women. So, you know, I don't think it's anything innate in men. I think it's the way that that we're really um, trained within the culture. Large and small ones, every size. Some are dumb and some are wise. We don't have to advertise that we're always actually... Generally, it makes me feel uncomfortable. makes me feel like an object and it really pisses me They're off. They're funny stories to tell back, but when they happen, I like really, really don't like it. I was really excited. I, I was like, wow, this is how great it is when you're a beautiful woman 
and guys are flattering you all the time. You're like flattered, but then you're irritated and annoyed at the same time. If we were at a beach and, and everybody was looking good in, in a bathing suit, it's one thing you just kind of move on with your life. But if we're just kind of walking down the street and it's somebody kind of hollering at you from a corner, it's you know, something a little bit different. It's like ranting about your ignorance almost. It was like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. But like, it's kind of, it's like an awkward compliment. But the whole idea is like, you know, when I see something... I'm going to get at it and yell at it, and the purpose of it is maybe if I do it 15 times in one day, I'll get at least one girl. I think it's kind of gross. Like, even if it's a really hot guy, like, all right, that's fine. But, like, I don't know. There's a better way of approaching a woman and telling her that she looks beautiful. I'd probably see it more as, like, a compliment. If it happens once in a while, it's, I, I take it as a compliment. I don't really feel that protected. I usually just want to get away from it as fast as possible. I just think it's inappropriate. It's rude. And if you want to talk to somebody, then you should come up and, you know, introduce yourself. Sometimes it does make you feel good because you did put the effort into it. But you want to be in control of that, right? Yeah. If I were a woman and if a man or even a group of men were doing it, I could see how it would be um, a little intimidating. There's a lot of evidence in social psychology for the power of televised and filmed portrayals of not only women but minorities as well to convey stereotypes and encourage behavior that really is demeaning. You know, with the people who do it get out of it, maybe it's like a, a sense of like inflation. But as for a man with a girlfriend, like it's really an uncomfortable feeling because in your human nature as a man you want to protect her. I think that it's kind of our culture, you know, that men are expected to pursue women and not the other way around. The men that do that don't really know how to talk to women. It's just this masculinity that they need to get over. I think they're insecure and they're retarded. She has no choice but to conform or be subject to great criticism. First he was trying to whistle and like <laughs> talk to me from his car and we were in traffic and the lanes merged and he got behind me and followed me to work. I parked and there was a football practice going on and um, he grabbed my arm when I got out of the car and I kind of yanked my arm out of him and then he called me <laughs> a B word. And guys leaned out the window and were like, hey, how you doing? It was kind of like, I walked faster. I like didn't want to be around them. I was young. I, you know, I was afraid that maybe they would like try to do and it something. It scares me sometimes, like especially if I'm being followed. Like he was following me on his bike and I, I was, I didn't want to like go into my car and have him like hold it open. And then he stopped the car. And he got out of the car and started walking towards me, and I was very, very fearful that he was going to assault me. I can remember as a young woman walking down the street, very engrossed in a conversation, and somebody made a comment which I didn't actually hear. And when we didn't respond, he screamed at us, you fucking dykes. And I remember just thinking, wow, you know, wow, that's an extreme response to just not, no acknowledgement. Because I think a lot of times men don't really think about it. It's just what you do. It's just being a guy. And they don't see it as being a jerk guy. <laughs> you know, and it's possible to be a nicer guy.
a man allegedly opens fire on three women after they refuse to have sex with him and his friends. I saw that headline. Yesterday. A man fired at least a half a dozen rounds at three women in Stockton after they refused to have sex with him, police said. The women were uh, were not hurt. Sorry, they were not murdered. They were not hurt during the uh, incident. Appeared to have known of the alleged gunman in Saturday's shooting. Stockton police said the Tuesday, uh, said Tuesday they will they uh, were still looking for the gunman whom they identified as a 21-year-old 20, Keith Binder. The women went to with Binder uh, and two men uh, to a home in the 1100 block of Rosemary Lane and where he and his friends asked the women for sex, according to police. When the women refused, the alleged gunman opened fire. Jesus Christ. Are you, are you shitting me? Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's the most terror. It's the thing that makes me like I said. Women. I always say women are the most courageous people for that reason. I don't. I. I don't understand. How I could. I don't think I could deal with interacting with a group of people where all interactions are potentially dangerous. <laughs> so yeah. they're stalking me and appraising me and objectifying me, and then they say something, and I say, oh, "I'd rather not." And then they open fire on me. Yeah. I mean, I got into a ridiculous argument with someone on Twitter on Saturday because I tweeted something about something like. You know, and you wonder why women come up with ways to avoid these situations like fake phone numbers, fake boyfriends, wedding rings. And this guy rolled into my timeline and said, you know, it's really hurtful when you when women give out fake phone numbers. I've had some women give out fake phone numbers. I think that it's really hurtful. And I said, I don't I don't care what you think. You know, there are there are situations when a guy is pestering a girl for a phone number and the girl doesn't the girl says no and the guy keeps pestering the girl says no and evaluating the situation is this going to escalate into a dangerous situation sometimes the easiest thing to do is to give a fake phone number and just keep it moving but this guy wanted me to consider the feelings the feelings of all the men who've gotten fake phone numbers because it's really really hard and then he goes on to argue well it's dangerous to give a fake phone number because if the person is unstable then they can come and find you later to which I responded if the person is unstable what makes you think me giving them a real phone number or politely declining is going to work I mean it was just people are so like anytime you want to talk about something that affects women or that affects black people almost immediately people derail the conversation and want to talk about something else you know what hey I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let everyone know something I've been giving fake phone numbers did you cry afterwards? No, I I, I was I, I was sad a couple times. Yeah. Other times I was like, yeah, about right. And you know what? Didn't have the urge to shoot anybody. Yeah. And and did not all of a sudden decide that that woman was the worst possible woman in the world. And uh and and, and then did she not understand my feelings? Fuck you. Yeah. Oof. This person told me it was cruel. It is cruel to give a fake phone number rather than honestly say no. I don't want to give you my phone number. I'm you can. Gonna, yes, Aaron. I mean, allow me to. I'm, I'm going to make a problematic blanket statement from Brooklyn, where the tractor trail is overturned. I think that that says a lot about you, what you think about women when you derail the conversation about women by women to talk about your own personal experiences. That is just you in a bubble. Yeah. I think it says a ton about what you think about women when you're just like, well, when I get a fake phone number, I have to sit in the bathtub for hours <laughs> and listen and listen and listen to R and B. It hurts. It hurts. But you know what? Uh, let's let's say for a moment that happened every time a, dude, a woman gave a fake phone number. Right. So the fuck what? Yeah. Sit, go sit in the goddamn uh, bathtub because you know what? I'm pr I'm pretty sure you'll get like, you'll you'll get over uh, the, the fact that she didn't want to talk to you or you should because guess okay. what? You're not that fucking special. And right. if she feels that would keep make make it safer for her, have a, a more piece of a a piece of mind. We do 
joke about this all the time. Women are women are like living like gladiators, basically. Like 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 most of their day, it's just them as gladiators going into the uh, into the uh, arena and just trying to survive the arena to get back. But like <laughs> that guy was being nice, Elon, as per what men are taught. He was nice. Why wouldn't he pick up a lady? He's nice. Why would you give him a fake number? I'm a nice guy. Why would you give me a fake number? I, it's so cruel. I'm gonna so go home and cry about it. Yeah. You, you can go cry. I'm not the thing. Here's the thing. I'm not trying to say that dudes sometimes don't have their feelings hurt yeah. and that rejection's hard and stuff like that. No one's fucking saying that. It's saying that you know what? You're reject. You you feeling rejected? One. Maybe you should. We we need to uh, uh, re-examine what rejection is and and what we teach people rejection and uh, and because rejection only hurts like that if all of a sudden you felt as if. Uh, that like one, you were either super invested in that person, like which sometimes like why were you so super invested in that person? Did you just like that, that? You just felt like this is the one, and she has to understand that. And then your feelings were about it were more important than her feelings about it. And not even just her feelings, but her safety. I mean, women are constantly making calculations. There's this, you know, there's an article that or a blog post that Kate Harding wrote years ago called Schrodinger's Rapist. And women are walking around. Any given man could be a rapist. Now, that's not saying that all men commit rape, but from the perspective of women, we walk around like just like like we have, you know, infrared radar. We're just looking at people. Is that is that the one? Is that the one? Is that the one? You know, you get into an elevator and there's the the only other person in the elevator is a man and your heartbeat starts to quicken and you you know, you you get a little bit nervous or when you're walking in a parking lot by yourself and you hear footsteps, you start to get nervous. I mean, you know, and it's, and there are some, I saw some conservatives saying, you know, you're, you're making it sound like women walk through life scared all the time. It's not, that's not walk, walking through life scared. It's walking through life aware of the overwhelming amount of violence that women are subjected to and doing what you can to avoid situations that would bring on that, bring that violence to your doorstep. And now if there's some dude at a bar who is super invested in me, I don't know this guy, but he's been, I don't know, reading my blog, listening to the show, and he's like, I'm going to give her my phone number. Or I want to get her phone number so I can call her. Like, and he's pestering me and pestering me and pestering me. I'm doing a calculation in my head. Like, who is this guy? Is this guy going to, like, call me, start stalking me, come up to my doorstep? I mean, sometimes it's just easier to be like, fake phone number, I've got a boyfriend, wearing wedding rings. And even that doesn't work sometimes. You've reached the activism portion of today's show. Now that you're informed and angry, here's what you can do about it. Today's activism, nomore.org. According to the YWCA, intimate partner violence is the largest single cause of injury to women. One in three women are raped and or physically assaulted by an intimate partner at some point in their lives. This means it affects the people you know and love. 
And it's not just a violence against women issue. Intimate partner violence affects the LGBTQ community, in particular trans people, to such a degree that studies indicate 50% of transgender people surveyed had been hit by a primary partner after coming out as transgender. And LGBTQ youth report a 30% incidence of dating violence compared with 9% for heterosexual students. Basically, unless you're a straight cis male, intimate partner violence will affect your life. Recently, the Yes All Women hashtag, which sprung up after the UCSB shooting spree, created a space for women all over the country and the world to come together and share personal stories of violence. As men's rights activists, and yes, that is a thing, hijacked the hashtag shouting, Not All Men, Thoughtful allies read the experiences of everyday women and were moved to stand with them. Though the creator of the hashtag has taken herself offline after being bombarded with violent threats, the conversation continues. NoMore.org is a hub of organizations and allies with a simple message to galvanize greater awareness and action to end domestic violence and sexual assault. They link to local volunteer opportunities for individuals and survivors. They provide tools, short PSAs with stars like Amy Poehler and the cast of Law & Order SVU, and easily shareable social media memes. And they created a photo gallery project for allies to show support and survivors to take back their power by including the phrase, no more, in their personal narratives. It only takes a few minutes to add your voice to the thousands who have already done so. The messages are simple. No more excuses. No more violence. No more silence. Survivors choose not to come forward for so many reasons. It's our job as friends, neighbors, and loved ones to provide safe spaces and to change our culture from one of blame to one of understanding and support. Dave Zirin laid out this responsibility that we all have in a recent piece for the nation. Just as rape is a crime and rape culture is when the crime is disregarded and mocked, violence against women excused is ensuring that violence will occur again. This is also why people who say not all men commit rape or violence against women don't understand what it will actually take to resign these pathologies to the dustbin of history. It is a collective responsibility that men either must take seriously or risk becoming part of the problem. Visit nomore.org and take a simple action today that shows you are part of the solution. Come on out from in front of the television. Bust out of your self-imposed media prison. There's a whole big world out there, y'all. And some serious stuff is going down. Civil war intolerance, AIDS obliteration. The usual madness, but not enough frustration about what's troubling Earth's nations. The spotlight will not be your savior in these dark days, and it will not be your saving grace. Why not replace your dreams of gracing life stage with action? So we go back and forth. Is discussing a persistent global horror, violence against women, appropriate in the wake of one angry lunatic's rampage? Absolutely, wrote actor, writer, and former Jeopardy! champion Arthur Chu in The Daily Beast. Yes, Rogers was mentally ill, but his illness expressed itself in a particular way and reveals something about Rogers' subculture, Arthur Chu's nerd culture, and the wider culture in which we all live. He was a regular poster on a forum called PUA Hate. PUA stands for Pickup Artist. It's like teaching you how to make money from home, teaching you how to sell cars. But they apply principles like that to how to you know, get women, ranging from common sense stuff like dress better and work out and look better to you know creepy stuff, how to manipulate women or pressure women or bully women, talking about isolating women from their friends. 
And PUA hate is another level of this where there's guys who have paid lots and lots of money for the seminars and the books, and it still doesn't work. And now they're left with even more resentment. Elliot Roger was part of a subculture, and he didn't make up any of the things he said in that video. He was quoting almost like verbatim concepts repeated again and again as a guy who was introverted and isolated a lot in school, who's had a lot of the same issues that Roger complains about. I've found myself thinking the same way. I've heard guys saying similar things. They don't take it as far as mass murder, but this sense of resentment and entitlement towards women is everywhere. So let's move from this particularly virulent subculture and talk about how broader cultural tropes actually resonate with this. You reference Saved by the Bell and Steve Urkel, along with the Big Bang Theory and Niles on Frasier and so on. Well, Steve Urkel, his whole character was developed because he's the guy who has this hopeless crush on this girl. You know, I've asked you out a thousand times and you have said no a thousand times. I am beginning to notice an alarming trend. <laughs> Get a clue, Steve. Give it up. I shall never give up bubbling brown sugar. In fact... I'm going to do something so romantic, so gallant, and so fabulously grandiose that your heart will melt and you will be mine forever. You know, the Big Bang Theory, to its credit, is better than that. Leonard and Penny are not like Steve and Laura on Family Matters. But if Steve Urkel were real, he would be a criminal. Breaking into someone's house, harassing someone, standing outside their window. And these are things that all actually happen to real people. If you follow Yes All Women on Twitter, you hear all these stories from women about guys who literally do these things. And they don't see themselves as the bad guy because to themselves they're the victim. That's why I singled out quote-unquote nerds. You know, I'm not talking about liking science fiction or liking comic books. I'm talking about the sense of I'm the victim. And anyone who contributes to that feeling of loneliness and exclusion is a victimizer. You mention in particular Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds is an old movie. The 1980s, it's long enough ago that we can see there was some messed up stuff in these films that at the time were considered, you know, hilarious, entertaining, fun movies. So Revenge of the Nerds uses the bed trick, involves a guy sleeping with another guy's girlfriend in disguise, which meets the definition of rape. You're that nerd. Yeah. Oh, God, you were wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> Are all nerds as good as you? Yes. Come. Because all jocks think about is sports. All we ever think about is sex. You know, I can have sex with a woman so well without her consent that she'll retroactively consent. That's not a cool message. I'm not saying I have no sympathy. I was one of those guys. Being a lonely guy sucks. Being lonely sucks. But... The real problem isn't that we have stories from a perspective of a lonely guy who wants love and affection, but that men and women mostly see stories about how hard it is to be a man looking for love, and the woman's role is to provide that. So it's just it's a conversation that we need to have. I don't want it to be about me and these assertions that I made when people say, like, what's right. your evidence? I don't have the evidence. I'm telling you what... These women have been sharing for days ever since you know Memorial Day weekend on Twitter and blog posts and articles, and you can go read them. If another man needs to be the one to tell you to read them for you to feel like you need to hear these stories, that's kind of messed up, but I'll do it if that's what it takes. 
But as you mentioned, Revenge of the Nerds was 30 years ago. Is there anything to suggest that these attitudes are current in the same way? A lot of it is couched in satire and irony. I'm not saying we have to take all satire literally, but, you know, get me a sandwich is a meme on the Internet. It's a, it's a joke that people say to dismissively, if a woman says something, shut up and get me a sandwich, you know, because you think, well, no one's really in an abusive relationship like that anymore. I can joke about it. It's not a big deal. On Gawker, Adrian Chen recently unleashed this tornado of controversy because he outed the anonymity of the guy who founded Creepshots, which is a subreddit about surreptitiously taking pictures of women without their consent. And then people actually saying, well, no, these guys are the underdogs. These guys are introverts who are scared to approach women, so this is how they appreciate women over and over again. Men painting themselves as the ones who are being wronged here. Louis C.K., when there was this controversy a while ago about Daniel Tosh, defending the idea that rape jokes are okay, that they shouldn't be censored. Louis C.K. listens to people, and his routine changed as a result. He did a routine about how scary it is for women to date men. We're the number one threat to women. If you're a guy, try to imagine that you, you could only date a half bear, half lion. And you're like, oh, I hope this one's nice. Who was it? Margaret Atwood said that Men are afraid women will laugh at them. Women are afraid men will kill them. One of the commenters on your article pointed out that what you're really saying isn't just about nerd culture, but also jock culture. So is this narrative that you describe really indicative of how society defines masculinity more broadly? Oh, absolutely. I'm not singling out nerd culture or whatever because... I think that we're worse than other guys. I'm singling it out because I am in that culture. If anything is worse, it's the fact that we are not self-aware about it. It would be one thing if Elliot Roger had said, I just hate women and want to kill them, but that he, he had this cloak of self-pity over all of it. And yet, he was crazy. But when a crazy person shoots up a synagogue, we don't say... He was just crazy. There's no reason to implicate anti-Semitism in it. It found the target that it did because of the culture he was in. Most guys aren't going to take a gun and shoot a bunch of random strangers, but there's a lot of guys out there who commit sexual assault. There's a lot of guys out there who commit rape. It happens a lot. When you paint him as a monster and an anomaly and you say his madness has nothing to do with any of the rest of us, and I've literally had guys say, like, misogyny is not an ideology. Misogyny is not a specific thing. What Elliot Roger did has absolutely nothing to do with any other bad thing that happens to any other woman in the world, then you destroy the point of even talking about it in the first place. The only reason to talk about tragedy, unless you are someone who knows someone who died and you are mourning them, the only reason for you and me to be talking about it is to try to prevent bad things from happening in the future. Colin uh, Patrick from near Dallas calling with a couple comments on the uh, latest uh, climate change issue. I, I think it's it's been a little bit hopeful 
to hear some of the ways that people are getting aggressive in the uh, divestiture. I think for some odd reason that seems to spark more discussion than, than some of the, the actual science does. thought that was kind of interesting. Again, you know, as somebody who, who is vegan, I'm, I'm just sort of mystified that nobody in the uh, mainstream media seems to mention the effect of animal agriculture on climate change between methane production, cost of shipping, cost of uh, basically growing 10 pounds of food to grow one pound of animal, the tremendous use of water resources that are required uh, for different livestock. It's, it's just astonishing. And, and even with, with the fact that a lot of people, because of, of the desire to create more grazing land or more soybean growing land to feed farm animals, um, it's, it's been a big component of deforestation uh, in, in Central America. It's been a big component in uh, erosion in the West. I mean, all that talk about Clive and Bundy um, missed the fact a lot that part of the reason we have a Bureau of Land Management is grazing is incredibly hard on uh, the Western lands because of how arid they are and how dry they are. So, you know, you may not believe that animal agriculture contributes to 51% of the greenhouse gas emissions, um, but even if you just think the numbers are more conservative, 20%, it's still a huge component of, of uh, greenhouse gas emissions, um, and I, I think it'd be worthwhile looking up some vegetarian or vegan news sources to get that uh, to get that take because uh, pretty much the only take you get on veganism from the mainstream media is uh, this guy used to be vegan and now he's a butcher. Well, that's that's astonishing, but that's not where society's headed. Uh, it's all evolving. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey Jay, this is Chrissy from Kansas. I'm calling to actually push back a little against your comment about the march of progress being pretty steady with regards specifically to the gay rights movement. And to give you a little bit of historical context, uh, you mentioned just learning about the Stonewall Uprising, June 28, 1969. And just to make a point of clarification about that, the riots around the Stonewall raids weren't the first. Uh, there had been a number of other small riots across the country where gay bars and otherwise gay establishments were, were receiving the tr same treatment. Uh, the Stonewall Uprising was not also the end of police raids at gay bars, but I digress. Ten years after the Stonewall Uprising, there was a national march on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. There were between 75 and 125,000 who had gathered on the mall where they presented their five-point platform. One, pass comprehensive lesbian gay rights bill in Congress. Two, issue a presidential executive order banning discrimination based on sexual orientation in the federal government to the military and federally contracted private employment. Three, repeal all anti-lesbian and gay laws. Four, end discrimination in lesbian mother and gay father custody cases. Five, protect lesbian and gay youth from any laws which are used to discriminate, oppress, and or harass them in their homes, schools, jobs, and social environments. 
We have achieved in the 35 years since that rally exactly none of these things. Yes, people are coming around more quickly now than they had before, but this is all with the, the very recent past. As for progress, I mean, a handful of anti-gay state laws are being overturned, but that's just with regards to marriage. There are still states with laws on the books that presume that a lesbian or gay parent is automatically unfit for parenthood if they're divorcing an opposite gender spouse and there's a child custody hearing. There's no Employee Non-Discrimination Act. There's no protection for LGBTQ youth. Uh, we haven't really moved forward very far at all. It just seems like we have because it's happening right now. And this is the danger of equating the gay rights movement to marriage equality. There is so much more work to be done with regards to the, to the systemic discrimination that isn't really even being addressed in any national way. So, a steady march towards progress, more like baby steps. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to the volunteers who helped gather clips to make the show possible. Thanks to Katie Klobusik for all of her work on our social media outlets and activism segments. And thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you'd like to leave a comment or question of your own to be played on the show, the number to dial is 202-999-3991. Now, I want to be really clear here. Misogynists are not Nazis. That is a terrible comparison, totally unproductive and and irresponsible, frankly. Uh, I'm certainly not making that comparison. L- uh, luckily, I have not heard anyone make that comparison. And the last thing I would want is for you to make that comparison. With that said, I read this book sort of recently. It's called In the Garden of Beasts by Eric Larson. Uh, it's pretty, you know, lots of people have heard of it. Maybe you've read it. It was about the lead up to World War II mostly seen through the eyes of the American ambassador to Germany at the time. So, you know, imagine sort of the rise of the Nazi party as seen from an outsider sort of watching all of this happen and, you know, the, the you know, hatred and the propaganda taking hold and the beatings in the streets and so on. And so, you know, it was, it was a good book. I, I recommend you check it out if you have any interest in the subject. But then I read the author's note at the end, and he said something really interesting about the process of writing the book. And he said that it took a real emotional toll on him to to do the research for the book because, you know, it obviously takes a lot longer to write a book than read it. And he had to do tons and tons and tons of uh, reading and research to prepare to write the book. And so, you know, imagine like for years – your daily job was to immerse yourself in the sort of psyche of the Nazis and read about what they were doing and what they were planning and what they were saying and so on. And like, it's sort of sickening just to imagine the process of of going through that. And, you know, what I just did doesn't even come close to comparison, not just because misogynists aren't Nazis, but because I only had to do it for a couple of days. But I had a little bit of that feeling making this show because, you know, you just listen to like an hour of this stuff. Well, you've probably heard it, you know, elsewhere before now. But like I had to listen to 10 or 15 hours of this stuff to pick out just the good parts. And as I was doing that, I felt like I need a shower. This is ridiculous. 
So I was, I was sort of uh, complaining to Katie uh, last night. You know, she, she works on the show, so I was sending her text messages. I was like, you know, this whole process, like the anti-misogynist work, it's, it's basically just trying to tell people to be less terrible. Like, hey, you know, have you ever considered not being terrible? You should, you should try not being terrible sometime. And their response, mostly, is to be even more terrible. And, you know, if you're familiar with the show, you know I'm a big fan of analogies. And so the, the best analogy I could come up with was it's like trying to clean up a baby with a dirty diaper. And, you know, trying to, you know, fix them up and sort of wipe things up only to have the baby spray diarrhea in your face mid-wipe. So I totally encourage you to call in and join a conversation on this uh, on this topic. You know, we'll see what sort of messages come in. Maybe a conversation will start. Maybe it won't. But I will just give you that note of warning that before you actually call and say something, if there's even the slightest possibility that, that you're in danger of entering that zone, just ask yourself, is what I'm about to say going to come anywhere near being the verbal equivalent of baby diarrhea? And if so, maybe just rethink yourself a little bit. Second thing today is that I just want to give you an update on the big fundraiser I launched in the previous episode. Got some donations that came in, so some people to thank. Uh, but first of all, just to recap, uh, this fundraiser is basically, to sum it up in, as quickly as possible, is to try to take the show to what I see as the next level. I've been investing a lot recently, uh, building a big fancy website, uh, hiring Katie to do the work that she does on social media and activism. And now what I see as sort of the next big step is to take all this work we're doing on the show, on the website, with the activism, spreading the word through social media, and incorporating all of that in a really good mobile application to get it right into your hand so that you know when we ask you to do something, you can do it right where you are in a way that's really easy. And, and the possibilities are just endless. I have all these great ideas, but it just takes more money up front than I can muster. So that's what this fundraiser is about. And I have uh, several people to thank who, who have already chipped in. We have a long way to go, so please uh, check out the fundraiser for yourself. There are all sorts of prizes, including uh, T-shirts and sweatshirts and thank yous on, on the show and all sorts of interesting stuff. You should just check out uh, check it out on the website for yourself. Uh, but for now, I want to thank Joseph from Kansas City, uh, Larry from Montgomery, Alabama, Chris from Colorado Springs, Aaron or Aaron. I know you know who you are uh, from Manchester, Connecticut. I apologize if I pronounced your name incorrectly. Uh, Alp from uh, Long Island City. Gene Frazier from my hometown of Sacramento, California. I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that I tell everyone about Sacramento, California and the people who live there is uh, everyone who lives there talks about why it's so great, which is because it's only a two-hour drive to San Francisco or a two-hour drive to Lake Tahoe in the Sierra Nevada Mountains because Sacramento is right in the Central Valley of California, right between the two. And then there's Napa Valley wine country not too far away either. So, you know, my opinion about Sacramento can be summed up like this, which is that I think they should just change the motto of their uh, city to Sacramento, only a two-hour drive from someplace you'd actually like to be. 
but that doesn't mean I have any ill will towards uh, Gene from Sacramento. I, I thank him genuinely for his donation. And then finally, Tim from Toronto, Canada, our first uh, international donor. So thanks to all of those donors. And if you are the least bit interested in shipping in on this, uh, thank you in advance for even having the interest. And I look forward to thanking you on a future episode. Uh, but that's going to be it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to those who support the show by uh, having become members or making one-time donations or especially uh, taking part in this month's fundraiser. Of course, everyone can support the show just by telling everyone you know about it, leaving glowing reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and by donating your accounts at donateyouraccount.com slash best of the left. Stay tuned into the show by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter, and for details on the show itself, including links to all of the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information can always be found in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway at outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you every third day. Thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com And it's a cry and shame How we get so trained We can't see past all the sad stories and wonder what we're missing We can't see past all the sad stories and forget how to listen See past all the sad stories and wonder what we're doing. Can't see past all the sad stories and forget who it is we're fooling.